Hi, I'm Nathan Austin, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back for another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Aaron Anderson. And that wasn't a cleat abomination like it was at the start of the show last week. Um, not that we rehearsed that, just Gordon's not on here to balls it up. Gordon's feeling a little bit poorly, um, so he'll not be joining us. And Michael's away watching soccer somewhere in the Canadian continent. So you're stuck with the two follically challenged fat ones and Aaron. First of all, gents... So, so disrespectful. So, so disrespectful. But I want a skinhead, though. But that's a choice. You want a skinhead? I I keep thinking I'm going to get one in a bottle at the last minute. Let's talk about some football, but before we do that, let's have a word from this episode's sponsors. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to May's Mortgages for their continued support. They support us, go and support them. I'm sure Paul will be delighted to speak to you about all your mortgage needs. But you want to know what, lads? It's it's, it's good, it's exciting. We have a win to talk about and a comprehensive one at that. I was very fortunate enough to be joined by you both in the away end yesterday. And before we go into football, actually, a, a huge well done to the, the staff at, at East Fife for, for getting that game on yesterday because I've seen some of the pictures um, of what the ground was looking like um, after the unbelievable amount of rainfall and what a job they did. I think a particular shout-out goes out to Davy Montador for getting the, the drains cleared out. Um, to allow the, the water to run but again to the, the club for um, being on the front foot to make sure the game went ahead and Doug, glad it did Oh absolutely I, extremely comprehensive win the most comprehensive win since we beat them 8-0 at Bayview I'm thinking in the league I would imagine oh. Yeah, there was a there was a fan on Pine, a Stranar fan on Pine Bravo who just put was it as bad as it looked or it suggested to which I replied really really bad Um I didn't actually see a much different team from the one we beat 8-0. Like, they were, they were, we were good, don't get me wrong, but they were particularly poor. Aaron, do you think it's a case that we were really good or they're really shy? Uh, it's a bit of both. They they are, I, I think I said it last week, I think they're just a very poor side. I think they're a poor side. Um, and they've had a good start to the season, but I think... You're starting to see the real genre with the results they've been getting lately as well. Um, and I think that will continue to happen. But in saying that, I thought we were excellent. I thought we were really good. Uh, you asked me last week, what would I like to see in a performance? And I said about dominating the ball, about controlling possession, um, even pressing the ball and winning it back high, which we did sometimes as well. And some of the goals that we scored were really, really well worked. I mean, we will come to it. But the third goal with McManus is one of the best team goals I've seen at Bayview in the couple of years that I've been going along. So, no, really, really pleased with how we played. And as well as that, it was quite nice as well from back to front. I think it's the first game that I've really went to in ages where Alan Flem has not had to make about four or five saves. Yeah, They didn't really trouble us at the back either. So, yeah, from back to front, I thought we were really good. 
and don't get me wrong, I, I totally agree with your point, but there were points in the game where Stranraer are threatened, but I just actually think that we handled it really well. Now, for those of you that weren't there yesterday, we made a change, but it looked to be a forced one with um, Jonathan Page um, dropping out of the team, must be injured or ill, one of the two, um, and was replaced by Comerford, who I think we all sort of agreed, Doug, wasn't great against TNS, and he was, he was sort of shunted out to right back. But what a performance from him yesterday. I think that, you know, we're going to have a few individuals that we're going to shout out. But Comerford in particular made a few really good challenges that potentially, like, at the, the points that they were, could have changed the game? Yeah. Um, I thought at TNS, as you say, he was right back. And I think I think the first goal was he was left a bit um, helpless there. But no, he, he, made, he made one in particular incredible tackle I think it was probably 1-0 at the time in the first half. Um, proper last-ditch um, tackle, which was fantastic. He was good on the ball. I mean, he had one run. Christ, he, was at, he ended up at the far top corner flag at one point. Yeah. But no, I thought he was very good. Um, maybe a bit like, a bit gung-ho as in going into the ball when better players might turn him. But I thought he, for the fact he's not had many opportunities I thought he was, oh, he was he was very good, yeah. And I mean, like I say, there's a, a few performances to to shout out yesterday, but I think the three to ones in particular are probably going to be quite difficult today. Dog that as your warning to start thinking about them now if you're not already organised. I've, I've got it. Yeah, oh, I'm pleased as he goes face first into a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> so at least you're organised this week, Doug. But yeah, I mean, look, I think that it's becoming a bit of a recurring theme in this show now that um, I'm gushing about Conor McManus. But, you know, every week um, and, and recent weeks, certainly um, we've come on and we're just talking about a midfield masterclass from him and Troughton and, and even Keen Miller yesterday, who I thought that was his perf- best performance in probably about six, seven months for us. Um, but McManus and Troughton in particular, excellent yesterday. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I'll hold my hands up as well because you guys were beside me when I said it, but I was, again, surprised to Kieran Miller, the furthest forward out of the three of them. Um, and I think I made a comment and then two minutes later he scored. But, <laughs> no, I think Troughton and McManus and they just had a good level of control. They used the ball well. They positioned themselves well too because, like you said, Stran Rav did have... They had moments, they had moments, but we handled it well because we were well organised, um, better organised than we have been in previous weeks because in the past when teams have put us under a wee bit, Flemings had to make a save at some point. We didn't really play through us and I thought Troughton and McManus protected the defence well when we didn't have the ball, but then when we had it, I thought they used it really well and I, I really liked actually how quickly the two of them looked to play forward as well. That was a wee moan I had against TNS, but I think yesterday on, on Saturday, McManus in particular would get the ball in the half turn and the amount of times in the first half particular he looked for that switch out to Jack Healy that was on quite a lot and that got us from back to front really quickly and had them turning so no the two of them were excellent and you know Colin McManus for me is just growing week by week yeah, it's almost Doug in terms of McManus. This is, I think, this is a scene. The the real Conor McManus has, has really stood up because I think at the start of the season, you know, we were expecting the same one that finished last season, where he was literally outstanding. And I think I mentioned it when he came back after his injury. I think January time last year, that was a real catalyst to change for our performances. But in in recent weeks, we've really seen that from him, and he is just so good technically on the ball. I think it's probably a thing of when the team's not playing well, you know, nobody's necessarily coming out with gold stars, but when the team is playing well, and we've got, you know, we've had a few draws, but we're probably six unbeaten now. We're in a good form, we're buoyant, we're confident. And when he's confident, he's he's above that level for me. I mean, there was times last year where he's you're like, he shouldn't be playing League Two. But you know, Connor's been there before and he's not quite cut it. And, you know, maybe this is a second renaissance of his career at about 27 or 12 according to Aaron but you know he's, he's still got it, his passing was great I thought I was really surprised at how naive Srinar were to Healy especially in that Agnew's been there we had that 8-0 game where Healy destroyed him and actually barring Jack's cross for the goal which was unbelievable it was probably one of his poorer games for me, anyway, um, 
and if he was bang on form, Chris, we could have had another eight, to be totally honest with you. I think I think McManus was great. I think Trenton's good. They're just two very good footballers at that level. There's not that many guys at that ability on the ball than those two in this league, I don't think. I thought the Kieran Miller one, we were all very puzzled by early doors because you're talking about a bona fide holding midfielder, hatchet man, kick things that move and pass it to someone who can do better with you. To be honest, when you think about it, I, my reasoning that he was there was pure energy, as in we want to close the ball down up the top end of the park, and McManus and Trouton maybe can't give you that, whereas Miller did. He did that very well. The The downside to that is when he then gets the ball in a attacking third, he's not he's not great on the ball to maybe have that killer ball. But in terms of closing down, I thought it was quite a brave move from Greg, and I think it, I mean, obviously it worked well. Uh, it would be interesting if we do that again, but no, McManus is he's our best player. There you go. That's a bold shout. Um, I need to watch what I say because I, I felt this level of infatuation with Ryan Wallace, and I'm still hurt by the the fallout from that. Um, and I've not quite. I don't think I'm quite ready to love like that again. So um, I do think he's an incredible player, though, um, as I've been getting a lot of slaggings for recently. Um, but look, let's get into the, the crux of the game. I mean, I think that we'll probably just talk through the, the goals. But I, in fact, just before we do that, I'm actually going to defend Jack Healy a wee bit here, Doug. Um, because I think that in the first half, he absolutely terrorised the, the Stranraer back four. And like you say, like, I couldn't believe how much they were standing off him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he, he likes to shoot on sight, and I've I've no issue with that. I genuinely don't. Cause I think that one of the things that we're actually guilty of is not taking a shot from outside the box. I think we we do try to almost score the FIFA goal every time, whether it's like a cutback or or whatever. Um, but Jack, we know that he's got it in his locker, but we haven't seen it at all this season in terms of you know that the the final ball or the, the the wee bit of quality towards the end. But I thought he was getting the ball in some dangerous possessions yesterday. Um, I mean, he had that shot where he chipped it in, that clipped the post. Um, we then had his, his assist from his uh, for Kieran Miller's first goal. Um, I thought he was a nuisance yesterday. I, I'm not... Yeah, look, I, mean, I wasn't trying... I wasn't actually meaning to be hard. What I'm more meaning is the amount of space he was afforded by Stranar's defence, I felt like he could have... I just expect great things from Jack. I think, I think he's... He's potentially and technically extremely good, extremely good at this level, and we've seen it. And yeah, no, I think I mean I think he has started the season quite well in terms of assists and stuff. I think he's had, like we've talked about before, showed different dimensions to his game. I just felt that this was the first game this season that I've seen where he's been afforded time, a lot of time. And I think in that respect, I didn't think he quite did what I thought he might do. But, in, but uh, yeah, as I say, I'm not saying he had a bad game, generally not. But I just felt felt a Jack on form with his nuisance best could have really, really punished them. Let's talk about the first goal because there's one thing, and it says, I'm always going to sound like the, the gold member impressions we were doing yesterday, Doug, but if there's one thing that I like, it's a short, a short free kick and a short corner, right? It's too, I don't know why, get it in the mixer, right? Just quintessential football shouts. But, you know, we've knocked it short. But, Aaron, I'll come to you first. An absolutely incredible delivery from from Jack. Um, whipped right into the back post. I didn't actually see who scored it um, until Liam announced that it was Kieran Miller. But I watched the highlights today and it was a really good finish. Yeah, I'm a bit like you as well in terms of... I think we've sent a couple of centre-halves up. So, get it in the box. But to be fair to Jack, his cross is brilliant in the fact that he takes the keeper out of the game. He almost tempts the keeper out to it, but curves over the keeper a little bit. And Kieran Miller's headers, actually, I, I'm like you again. I didn't actually realise how good it was till I saw the highlights. In fact, I didn't even realise how good it was till I saw the replay because he was actually at quite a tight angle um, and he's on the stretch and he's finished it really well. But no, nah, Coming to what you're saying, you guys were saying about Jack. I think, you know, it was good that he got his assist yesterday. But I don't know. I, I still feel like there's times where his decision making's off when he's in the final third, um, and that's 
what's going to stop him from kicking on is his decision making and the consistency of his decision making. Um, you know, to give him his credit though, one thing I did like about him yesterday was that there was twice the first two times he got the ball, he tried to cut inside the actual red arm. But see, after that, there was three or four times he went on the left and he got a cross out every time one of them hit the post. So, great assist for Jack. And if he could do more of that in open play, then he'll start to fulfil the potential that he's got. Yeah, and there's, look, there's no denying Healy's potential. None. Um, you know, all of us could see it. Um, and I think that where I've been critical in the past is that that end product, that that final decision or the, the decision making, and it, you know, I was never to be a dick. It was more just that's what I feel like he needed to add to his game. And it's we seen it yesterday. You know, he had a great opportunity, flipped the ball over the boy's head, and and all I was hoping for him to do is just put a nice little lofted ball into the back post or whatever, and he leathers it. And you're a bit like, and, yeah. And and, and you know, I, like, I I literally turned to you at that point and was like, fair play him. I mean, he'd done the kind of, I don't know, it's hard to turn that down, Lee. He's, yeah. I, you're right, the correct ball was not, the correct option was not that. But the way yeah. he dealt with it and it sat up, you're like, if he pings us in the top corner, you yeah. know, it's Puskas Award territory. I mean, yeah. I, just, just very quickly on Jack, the delivery of the goal was sensate, like yeah. top, ten top ten. Absolutely. Because it was almost one of those shots that, that goes really high and then just dips. It's like he's it almost... Like the valve, like I know what I'm talking about. I, I mean, in terms of potential, probably Bobby Lynn. I mean, literally, he's probably the yeah. most exciting player we've had since Bobby Lynn. Is that a fair call? Oh, I like Joe Baldi in terms of his skill. Yeah, but that's very brief, and it was on on yeah. loan, so we don't count him. Right. Um, but no, you know, just in terms him. of in terms of like he gets in the ball, and you do you do set up. You're like you kind of expect something to happen. And yeah. we don't have we don't have players like that, and you don't get players like that at this level. So no. clear, I'm not bashing him at all. I think he's potentially way better than our level, potentially. Yeah. But just need that little bit more consistency still. He's 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 almost a bit Bobby Barr-esque. You know, like I think um I know that you don't like him, but but Bobby Barr was a, an exciting player and scored similar sort of goals. And I I think a very similar player to Jack in a lot of ways. But like I say, like there's, I'm still very much convinced that Jack will go into a higher level, but he does, just needs to to get that level of, of consistency. And when he hits that, you know, we'll, we'll get good money for him. You know, I, I do think that. Um, if, but I think his deal ends at the end of this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know an Arbroath just come and go. Thanks very much, East Fife, for continue to do our scouting missions for us, and he'll, he'll work and, and play at that level. But um, like, yeah, there's there's no denying that he's a, he's a, a top talent, Aaron. Yeah, I think the thing for him is is um, you know when, when you're a winger, it's it's just two things: assist goals, assist goals. That's all it is. And there was a point in the second half where I was a wee bit disappointed when we had a counter attack, and I think Fash had the ball on the left, and he's got past the man, and it was a counter attack, and Jack was neck and neck with Fash. He was in line with him. And he stopped his run. So Fash has beat his man and he's put a decent cut back in, into in a good area. And if Jack had continued his run, he would have got himself in the box and a goal scoring opportunity. But the issue was, was that he stopped. He stopped his run and he went and tried to back Fash up. And it's like, no, no, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you want to be more selfish there. Assist goals, assist goals, get yourself in positions where you can affect the game and get those numbers and those stats. Because my, my thoughts on what Jack was trying to do there is he stopped his run because he's walking out on the edge of the box to cut in and shoot from distance rather than continuing his run into the six-yard box where he might have a simple tap-in. Now, I could be totally wrong, um, but I think he feels more comfortable maybe on the outside of the box and a chance to whip it in and maybe getting in those positions where it might be a little bit more difficult to find the space or, or where his ability is. I think his ability is at the edge of the box, but it, equally it could be a, a tactical thing where maybe Greg said, actually, I don't want you getting in the six-yard box. I want you in to, to cross it in or whatever. We don't know, but um, I, I did clock that that moment you were talking about there. I think I think as well, Lee, when you're saying about like an Arbroath, like, I almost think there's potential a wee bit higher than that. Like, I'm not talking Premier League. I'm not. Well, maybe, but I'm meaning like, 
the problem is right now, he's not going to Arbroath. He's not going to be going, you know, because he needs to show more for me. And and if he does, like, he, he could go really high in the game because he's just a kid, you know. And is I'm not saying... Like yeah, but I'm not saying, like, Greg and Paul and that are, aren't great coaches, because they are, but we're better coaching, we're better players, we're full-time football. He's He's got everything there. You know, I mean, in his locker, he's got a lot. So yeah. he's got real potential to go far in the game. So, you know, I think... Your Arbro shout is fair because they seem to steal everyone. But right now, I'd be amazed if a championship club came in from because I just don't think that consistency is there. But potentially, the potential is massive. But then it's a kind of like a counterintuitive point because if you're saying that he's got the potential and he would benefit from better coaching and um, playing full time, then you're going to look at a, a team like maybe like an Air United or something like that that are full-time. I'm Greenock Morton, just two for the top of my head that I'm going, right, we're full-time. We don't have the biggest budgets in the world. This kid's got loads of potential. He might cost us 10, 15 grand. We'll go and get him. You think about yeah. when Fash, Fash was at the peak of his powers last. Falkirk were like, there's 10 grand, keep him to the end of the season. Yeah, but Fash scored 20-odd goals that season. Yes, but He's different players. Different players. No, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. But I think there's a lot of guys with potential in Scottish football. There'll be, yeah. you know, a lot of teams who have similar players to Jack, but you've got to... To show it on a more point, consistent basis. Yeah, the whole the whole point of being in League Two in the bottom tier of Scottish football is you've got he's got to show it. He's yeah. got to. And he's yeah. got the potentials there. But if he shows it, he'll go with the blessing of everyone. And absolutely everyone wants him to do that. that the whole point in East Fife as a club really is to do exactly that your broken walls, all these guys, is to show the potential, play very well for us and bugger off somewhere better. That's the bottom line. But he's got, yeah. he has to do it. It can't be just, he looks potentially good. He's still got to do it. Yeah. Anybody got anything else to add on that? The only thing I was going to say there is, is recapping what I said earlier, but just give me another example, is that in week two, you know, to get this move to a championship club, that's not just Jack, that's also Brogan as well, who's, you know, got that potential at a young enough age to go and do it. Um, but when you play in the, those forward positions, doesn't matter if you're a striker or a winger, when you play in those in the forward line, you need to be getting an end product. I mean, look at the lad that Albion Rovers who goes to Dundee. His numbers were staggering, staggering last yeah. year in a struggling Albion Rovers side. And that's the sort of thing that you need to do to stand out. And he, was, he wasn't a striker. Um you know, you know, he put he played in the sort of three positions behind the striker. So no, he, he needs an end product. He needs assists and he needs goals if he wants to move up. And to get those, his decision making and that desire to add more to his game needs to be there. If you look at even some of the best players in world football, like Ronaldo went from being second. You're the best players in world football, is it Lee Gillis? Uh, no, um, but if you look at Ronaldo when he came through as a young player, you know, his transformation came in 2006 7 when he suddenly starts getting into the box. He starts winning headers, he starts adding different parts to his game, different, you know, aspects that made him stand above everybody, and he got a load of goals because of it. And that's what Jack's got to do. He's got to vary his game up and get into those positions. The ball's out on the right, he needs to be in the box. He needs to be in the box. He can't be hanging out the corner of the left-hand side of the box. He needs to get in the box at the back post. I think, look, just to, to wrap it up with Jack, like, I would probably go as far as saying he's added more assists this season than potentially all the last. Because I think he got two against Clyde um, and then one yesterday. I would need to double, I would need to fact check it, but I'm, I'm sure that he's added more assists to his game, but that's been to the detriment of his goals. But, you know, it's, it's still very early on in the season. I suppose we'll see what the rest of the season shows. But, yeah, if you're listening, Jack, well done on your performance yesterday and certainly for the, the numbers that you're improving on this season. We'll move on to the second goal now. Speaking of local men coming into form just at the right time, Nathan Austin with a, a good finish yesterday. Um, and I think that although Fash will get the plaudits for the finish... I think that the link-up play between Shepard and Dockery Doug for the run-up to that goal was fantastic. And really, he, I think Shepard plays a very clever ball in between the two defenders, which Dockery doesn't read, but it's actually more his tenacity and his desire to get it 
that, that created the opportunity. But then a good pass to Fash and, and Fash on his right foot, by the way, well, a composed finish. I mean, I'll try and be positive, Lee. The bottom line is it was absolutely horrific defending. The pass from Shepard to Doherty is good if Doherty was even thinking it was going to go there, but he wasn't. He? And what the wee defender was doing, like he just stopped. It was it was so bad. Don't get me wrong. Like as you say, the tenacity was definitely there, but I think it was way more horrendous defending. Um, a decent finish on his weaker foot. I, I think the goalie might have done better. I think we'd probably say, um, but right place at the right time. And I thought Fash in general just looked again falling on from the last couple of weeks is starting to look more and more like his his real self, strong, quicker. Yeah, winning headers just generally looks like a, he looks like a number nine again. Aaron, it's it's almost like with every week with Fash where he adds that you know we've seen against um, Spartans when he scored his goal. It's almost like when Su- Super Mario eats a mushroom, like his, his his whole body just goes up and up and up, and it's like right, okay, like we're right now we're seeing the Fash where he's touched the magic stand. It's like duh, 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 and he's just ready to rock and roll. And I think there's a huge sigh of relief from everybody because I think there was at times you know we we spoke about it at length during the show. He just he just didn't look himself, and you know you'd see Greg in post match, um, saying you know he's he's not fully fit yet. You know we're still working him up to fitness, and you know I don't think there'll be many Spy fans that are undelighted in the the form, and not just the, I don't think the goals are are massively important, which might sound mental from a striker, but it's just more what he's adding to his game, the flick ons, the the hold up play, the strength, you know, and just being a pain in the ass to defenders. Yeah, I. You know something, right? I don't think anybody's ever doubted his quality. Like no nobody's ever doubted that. Like nobody's ever doubted his ability to score goals. It was just the fitness. I saw it was. And you know, when you look at last season in particular, Kelty didn't get many minutes for a variety of reasons. You could argue he's he's kind of missed a season. You know, if you look at a full season, he he's missed a season. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think Greg quite rightly was maybe cautious with him as well because the last thing you want to do is is throw him into everything and then suddenly you get a reoccurrence of an injury he's maybe had, especially if it's muscular, and then he's on the treatment table again and then you've got to rehab him back again. So I think they've handled him the right way. And I think what we're seeing now is that, as you guys said, he's getting stronger physically, but I think the confidence is coming as well as a result of that. You know, he's winning so many headers. And I think as well, his link-up on Saturday was maybe the best I've seen it in a long time, to be fair. Um, you know, and there was one encouraging part as well in the second half, but he, he did ultimately miss it. But it was pleasing that there was a through ball played and he got to it first yeah. and he's put a touch forward. And when he took the touch, I thought either the keeper's going to get this or the defender's going to get it because he's not have the pace to get it. But he got there first and he got his shot away. So yeah. although he's missed, that in itself was still a good sign in the sense that that change of pace was still there. So yeah, I was delighted that he scored on Saturday. And I'm, you know, I, I think coming back to what he's alluding to, I think Doherty makes the goal because it's, it's a terrible pass for Shep. What's what's no kind of No, I, I disagree with that. I don't think oh, it's no, it a bad I, pass. They're on the wrong wavelength. No, you watch it again, right? The two defenders are there. He can't play it on the inside because it'll get cut out. He puts it right in between the two defenders. Now, if that was, say, a Healy, or if that was somebody that is an attacking player, because I don't think that's Doherty's game going forward, they read that pass. Doherty didn't, and then don't get me wrong, he's done fantastic to make that up. But I think that's a clever pass from Shep, and I don't think that... And I disagree with you there. I think he's done really well to, to put that in a position where it went. No, I just think if the defender switched on, he deals with that and he sweeps it up, no bother whatsoever. Defenders are a shocker. But Doherty, whatever we think of it, Doherty has shown a bit of tenacity and, you know, he's not giving it up. And then the cutback to Fash was great in the sense that the right way to pass and Fash just needs to stroke it in with his right foot. And that was another thing, the fact that he scored with his right foot as well. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of swept it into the, the bottom corner. So, no, fair play to him. Yeah. I think, I think for me, Lee, Doherty reminded me yesterday a wee bit of Kieran Miller in that defensively he's excellent. He loves a tackle one on one. He's 
very good at this level. He's really good. Um, he just looks to me, and I said it on Saturday, he, he kind of looks a wee bit scared when he gets the ball. Like he's not really sure, but there was a couple of times in the first half he got into kind of that wide position and it was almost like he didn't really quite know what to do with it. And I think probably it was a mixture of know the best ball from Shepard or Doherty not switched on to where he should have been going. But I think if he can add a little bit of attacking quality, he, he's very good. I just think he's he's a defender as opposed to, he's certainly not an attacking player. This might sound outlandish, but I'll ask your opinion on this. I mean, Stuart Murdoch's going to be coming back into this team. You know, Greg said that in his post-match. I don't think he gets into the back four as it stands. But you don't need... I've said for years and years and years and years, and I'm fed up saying it, you don't need marauding fullbacks at this level. Yeah. You don't. We're not... We're not the top, we're not Liverpool's Man United. It's all these teams that play with a midfielder that fucks off to the middle of the park and does his thing and he ends up in the number 10. You need a solid back four, and especially with two generally fairly slow centre halves, you absolutely cannot have gaps. So I think for us now, if you take that back four and just go defend, give us the platform, when you go ahead of them and you look at who's ahead of them, we've got real quality. Like yeah. that next sort of six or however I can't add six, yeah, are at this level really good. So there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. But, you know, so as as far as what we need, I think he's good. and Because I, I don't think Murdoch's going to suddenly bomb up and down the wing either. I, no. Either or, either or defensively, I'm quite happy with. But I think, I think the only, that... I think the only thing I could see, sorry, interjected, Doug, I think the only thing that I could see in terms of a player that would come out, would be Newton. And I think it would be harsh. I think it would be harsh, because I actually thought Newton had a good game on Saturday as well. I think, to be fair, I don't think anybody had a bad game on Saturday. But Newton's developed, and he did have a wee blip maybe a couple of weeks ago. But I think overall, he, he's developed into a pretty comfortable left-back. And like Doug was saying, we don't need full-backs that bomb on. We don't need it. As long as they give us a solid foundation, and I think he does the basics at left back, um, as in terms of defensive basics, I think he does that, you know. And he wins up, I think, something that's underrated as well is that he actually wins quite a fair bit in the air as well, Newton. Yeah, you know, you don't see him getting caught out at the back post by an attacking winger out jumping him, like he wins his headers. So the basics of defending is there. And somebody asked the question the other day, I can't remember who it was, but does Paige get back into it? For me, no. We've won four now. We've kept a clean sheet. Flemings not had to make many saves. That back four, so long as they're all fit, that remains the back four for the next game. I think the thing is, is, is look, Paige is a really good defender, right? He is really good. And he's a talker. I think that's massive. That You know, you hear him 90 minutes talking to players. I think what Comerford offers us that Pagey didn't, it's just a little bit of pace. So any ball that was coming over the back, he was, because let's get up and be honest, Eastie doesn't have any pace left, right? But he was able, and it was not so much like a old-style sweeper, but he was just quick enough to get back and, and, and nullify that threat, whereas Pagey and, and Easton don't have that. And I think that that, that potentially fucked Aggie's game plan yesterday because there was nowhere that said, you know, Pagey was going to be out for this game. Their game plan is probably ball over the top because we've, I've got two slow centre-backs and Comerford's just completely taken that option out, Doug. Yeah, d- did you call Easton Easty there? Easty, yes. Yeah, we talked about this. We <laughs> yeah, I know, I did it to you off. Grown adults giving... Uh, yeah, I know, making... but between him and Newt's, I thought they had two pretty good games, you know? Yeah, what's uh, Comerford, what are you going to call him? Uh, Comb Dog. <laughs> Comb Dog Millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. The issue with Page and Easton is pace. One hundred percent. It's a, it's a. The Spartans first half showed that glaringly. I thought. Um, so yeah, the, yeah, the the Page being out was a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, I think Newton's good. I don't think he's great. I still think he's defensive positionally wise. I think under the Koshi can be a bit suspect. Um, balls in behind or over the top of him, but no, he was fantastic on side. I. We were good on Saturday, but also Strunar were really bad. And I, I, that that's probably why there was nobody on the pitch where you're like, 
yeah, he was a bit rubbish. You know, everyone was pretty good because we were allowed to be pretty good. Yeah, I think there's a few times Newton's dived into a tackle, not won it, and the ball, um, you know, if, if you're playing a Spartans who are so good going forward, can potentially cru- crucify those those sort of gaps, but, you know, Stratton are shite, so <laughs> um, we don't really have that much to worry about. But let's move on um, and we'll talk about the the goal from the, the Methos of Dan himself, Conor McManus, and goal of the season for you, Ando? Oh, easy. Easily goal of the season so far. Just in terms of how well it's worked. It's actually Newton who starts it, isn't it? Yeah. Wins it back in the middle of the park and does a wee yeah. turn. I cut a Cruyff turn and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it was good as well, though, was that, like, I, I mentioned this earlier, was that so many times our full-backs, or even our centre-midfielders would get it and they just pass sideways or they go back to the centre-half, but after he does his turn, he plays forward. And yeah. then, you know, the link-up play between McManus and, and Shepard's great. You know, in terms of that, McManus doesn't stop his run. He, he keeps going, he carries on. And I think Shepard's maybe made the boy to, to get it back to him, maybe. Um, but again, it's, it's a great sort of link, bit of link-up play. And it's a great finish outside the boot, um, right in the side net. And, um, no, really well-worked goal. And, and you know what as well, which was good, was that when you really break it down and you kind of alluded to this, was Comerford allowed our defence to go quite high against Stranraer because you've got that bit of pace. We've what Newton wins that ball back, you know, just maybe just inside the centre circle in their half. You know, like we were up high, so we were taking the game to Stranraer, we're closing them in, we're pressing the ball, which is where Miller, Miller was really good in that role because he sat on their sitter and pressed them every time he got the ball. But again, it showed that starting from the back of the Comerford's pace, we were able to go and press the ball high, win it back, and then play forward. And that's something that I called for last week because I just feel like we don't utilise that enough. We're, we're actually a decent press inside when we go at it and we need to do it more often. Yeah. The, the finish for McManus, Doug, is, is beautiful. Um, just, just, and you know, you wonder if that's a confidence thing because we've seen McManus get in these positions throughout the season and not take chances. I mean, I think he's missed a few sitters where he's sort of almost passed it back to the goalkeeper. But you wonder if his goal last week is enough to just lift him a little bit and be like, "All right, okay, yeah, I've found my shooting boots and got the confidence to go forward now." I get the feeling with him that he's. A confident guy, like I, I get the feel he, he's got, he's really got that strut about himself on the pitch that nobody else seems to have. Like he's, I don't know, he, from minute one yesterday he was getting balls and pinging out to Jack. Everything was, I don't know, he was in total control of that game. I mean, his little flick to Shepard in the first place was class, and as you say, kept kept the run going. We nutmegged. Maybe him or Trouton would be the only two that would have finished like that in this team. Yeah. You know, just just a very I'm saying simple. I mean, I would have made a complete arse of it, but you know, just that simple, literally pass it into the side net and we are outside of your foot. It's class, yeah. and he's. Um, but the fact is, we're, we're we're talking about Miller being the highest midfielder in terms of pressing, and that's the last couple of weeks. McManus is the one getting up there in the box and scoring goals. So he's. I, you saw it last season. He didn't start the season great. But once he got going and his confidence got going, his chest is like puffed out, and he's like Superman out there. He's properly, I'm in control of this game. And when he when he plays like that, I can't think of many midfielders in the league that are better than them. A big shout, Doug. Like this Thank too. Um, it's not it's not just the league. It's Lars Connor McManus show. So I'm I'm glad to have stirred that porridge. Oh for yeah, you there. to be fair. You boys were slagging them off in the first three or four weeks of the season, so just pull your neck in there, boys. When I wasn't <laughs> on the podcast, to be fair. I, I think the point I made was he's not the player that we've seen towards the end of last season. Now we're seeing it. So, I, look, I still heart you, Connor. Don't worry. And, look, we'll talk quickly about the Kieran Mitchell chance where, you know, he, he makes that opportunity himself when he comes on and really was so, so unlucky because, I mean, he's, you know, I think I said it last week, he's like the roadrunner. <laughs> meet me, 
he just closes the keeper down, knocks it past him, and I think he's just touches just that wee bit too heavy that the angle was awkward for him. But I really wanted them to score because he was so unlucky last week to, with his penalty handle. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I really felt from last week because I felt he had came on and he made a bit of a difference when he did come on last week. Just a really tight angle, isn't it? Like he, he's he's closed the game down well. He's sprinted. No many other players maybe catch that, um, but the angle is just far too tight. That, that's really it. Um, did he maybe have more time than he knew? Did he have to shoot? Could he have taken a touch back inside? I don't know. I can't remember. I didn't watch the highlights too much. I only watched that one once, as well as obviously seeing it yesterday. But that was the only thing that was going through my head was. Could you have taken a touch to come back inside to open up the angle and then stroke it in? But that's maybe being harsh. I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I felt sorry for him. I really wanted him to, to score yesterday. Um, but I, I could see, though, I, I can totally see what he will add to us. And I think games like yesterday where I don't know if it's a confidence thing he's maybe lacking at the minute. I don't know. But if we get ourselves into a lead in games and you're going for the last 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and other teams are coming on to us, him up front with his pace and the counter-attack will be absolutely lethal. So I do think he'll come good in the coming weeks. Doug, I think for me, he's got to start against Dunbar next week. Um, in a game where we probably like could look to maybe make a few changes and rest maybe some players like Fash or maybe Scott Shepard or something like that, I would quite like to see him get a, a chance at a full 90 next week. Oh, I wouldn't want to see us making many changes, to be honest. Um, I think we've made an arse of this a few times against low league. Look, we're playing well. I, the last thing I want to see is just play a slightly weakened team and lose, and that kills all the momentum we've got going. I would definitely start Fash. I, the Mitchell one's difficult. I've always said, you're, you're a, if you're a sub, you're brought on to make an impact. He's very quick. That's definitely, right? I've always had an issue with very quick players because they look to the eye very, very, very good because they're very quick. I think back to your John Martins of the world, who was the fastest player I've ever seen genuinely in my life. And apart from pace, he was pish, like really bad. But he looked so good because he's quick. I'm not saying Kieran Mitchell's pish. I, for me, I don't think he's done anything for us. And, I, and you can say you don't get a start, but if you come to a club as a lone player and you get 20 minutes here, 50 minutes there, I think you've got to provide something for me. I, I I don't see who you're dropping, barring just giving him a game. If you're playing your full-strength team, he's not in it. Well, we did, what about the game against Burt Island Shipyard on Tuesday? Oh, 100. I mean, who cares about that? I mean, it's £7 to get in, which is a fucking disgrace, by the way. Um, it's, yeah, 100% play him. You can play anyone, play under 20s. Nobody cares about that game. Yeah, I, th I think the positive thing about Dunbar next week is they're not called Bunbar, because um, if they began with a B, we were 100% going out. Um, thankfully, they're called Dunbar, and we stand a good chance of progressing to the next round. But look, finally on the, the game yesterday, before we do our 3-2-1s, gentlemen, um, how good was Liam Newton's finish? <laughs> it was, and and <laughs> the fact that, you know, he's maybe not the most naturally forward-thinking player, that was a lot more of a difficult shot to take than it looked because he literally had to just hit it high and hard and not sky it. And he took it so, so well, Doug. And I think with his right foot, was it? Well, I wasn't paying that much attention. I was yeah, too busy no, I, I, delighted for him, to be honest. No, no, I might be wrong. Um, to be honest, just that desire to be there in the 91st minute or something when you're left back was, was impressive. Um, we just had a wee spell of like a minute and a half where you were like, oh, we're definitely going to get another, we're definitely going to get another. And there was a couple of half chances. And to be fair to Shev, it was a difficult shot in the turn, um, which, he, you know, he, he at least managed to get the target. And No, it was, it was a classy finish for sure, yeah. I don't know whether it was a right boot, and I'll just put my foot through it, but just to be there, you know, in the eight yards out in the 91st minute as a left-back was pretty impressive, and it was a great finish. And he deserved it. He played really well. Yeah, I mean... There's nothing these five fans more uh, love more Adam, than than local boys getting a goal than playing well, and that that's two, you know, leaving mouth players both found the back of the net yesterday, which is great to see. But you know, delighted for Liam. 
or Newts? <laughs> yeah, no, buzzing from like like I said earlier, and Doug just said there, I thought he was really good yesterday. I, I did think he was really good. He maybe dived in a couple of times, but you know, I think he was good in the ball. I thought defensively he was predominantly all right. And just to have that sort of hunger and desire in the 91st minute as a left back to get yourself into the box, take on the end of a loose ball, just so that desire to go and make a difference and get a goal. Um, and the finish itself, as you've said, is a cracking finish. He's he's laced that in the roof of the net. Because I think they had two or three players on the line, as well as the keeper getting back up. So, you know, he, he's found a spot and he smashed it in. So now, fair play to him. I think, um, who was it that got the assist for that fourth goal? Oh, it was not the one who plays it to Shiv. Shiv shot saved. Yeah. yeah. It's really difficult not to feel sorry for Ryan Schiavone because there's been so many times he's almost scored this season. And, you know, I think when he he comes on at games, at times he really looks like he can make a difference and be a nuisance. But just, you know, we've talked about like that final cross or whatever, but I, I do definitely think he's better through the middle. And he's so good in the air, but we don't just seem to utilise like, getting the balls in the box um, with how good he, he is in the air. But I, I still hope that we're, we're going to see the, the best of Shivit at some point in this season. But look, um, it is time to do our 3-2-1s. Doug, you are organised this week, so naturally I'm going to come to Aaron first. Um, <laughs> Aaron... Uh, <laughs> Well, have you for sure. doubt in my mind. Yes, exactly. That was just like just when you thought I was out, I pulled you back in there. So mm-hmm. sorry about that. And um, to be fair, anybody could have got a point. Um, I, I'm going to give a point to Fash. I just felt it was good to see him get a goal. Again, his line cup play was good. He was good in the air. Um, you know, and he's just looking stronger again. So for me, point for Fash. Two for Doherty. Just fucking love him. Just just really like his tackling, tenacity. You know, he, he doesn't give the second goal up. Um, a couple of crunching tackles, even in the second half. There was one in the halfway line when he's melted somebody and then went flying into another tackle. Both clean, won them both. Um, and their winger got zero change out of him. So two for Doherty. And three for McManus for obvious reasons. Well, Dougal Perry, are you going to have anything different to that? Uh, a wee bit. Um, I noticed you're calling Aaron Ando as well. You've actually got a problem, Lee. Um, no, I, I, I'm going to clarify. No, 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 no I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. I'll back him up there. Uh, see, 20 years is fine. That's the whole point. You know. Anyway. At one point, I'll give to Nathan Austin for, uh, yeah, exactly the same as what Aaron was saying. I just thought he looks like a our, our number nine again. He looks like a guy who's going to play every week. And I think a few weeks ago, you probably weren't saying that. So fair play to him. Took his goal well and could have had a couple more and was just a general, just good, very good. Uh, I've gone two points for Comerford, if that's what his name is. Um, just again, I think that on the back of a a difficult day against TNS and playing out of position and a guy who's not in a lot of chances really, I thought he he was excellent. I mean, his, just for his tackle alone in the first half when the boy was about to score, I thought was was worthy of points alone. But I did, just the way he took the ball out of defence, he just looked like the kind of almost a fairly complete defender. A little rash at times, but I thought he was very good. He was very good. Uh, three, 100% Conor McManus. He's just good. Thank you, Douglas. I'll make sure not to call you Doug from now on. No problem. Just, just, just no in problem. case. Um, you know, there's, I'm, I'm leaving under any illusions, Douglas, so no problem at all. Um, I think, again, it could have been any number of matter players. And commiserations to people like Troughton. Kieran Miller, who both had really, really good games. Shepard, who I thought, again, did well to, to get a, an assist yesterday in a, the position that I've been crying out for him to play all season um, on the right-hand side, a front three that I think he just makes such a big difference in um, with his work rate. Um, so Jack Healy could have had a point, but for me, um, I've actually gone one point, Sean Doherty. Again, his performance was there to see. I've gone two points for Conor McManus. 
um, who I thought was fantastic. And I gave three points to Jacob Comerford because I think it would have been really difficult for him coming in to the game when he's not really played an awful lot. He had a pretty turgid um, game the week before at TNS where he was hooked um, and, and Sean Doherty came on. He was maybe a little bit nervous, but just looked like a player that's played in that team for years. Really confident performance all round. So I gave three points to Monsieur Comerford. I think I think for me the only, literally the only player in the starting eleven that if one of you had said I'm giving one point to I would have been all over you like a rash was Alan Fleming because he's had nothing to do. I'd have given you know, him a point if he danced yesterday, but he didn't, Douglas. Uh yeah. well, he didn't quite get the uh, the the vocal backing he got in uh, Oz West Street OEO. But no, I literally one to eleven. Like, as you say, you could have made a case for any one of them. Really, there was nobody nobody out there had anything but a 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah. And look, I think we've, we've spoken about, we expect a better Stranraer yesterday, just to, to wrap the, the game up. And, I mean, really in terms of form, you know, they started off well, but, you know, and a lot of fans were screaming about Greg, you know, we picked the wrong one and we've been shite since Agnew left and yada, 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 yada. Um, that was a really important win yesterday because if we look at the league standings, we're game in hand, Stranraer are a point ahead of us. So we play Bonnie Rig and any positive result will see us overtake them because Stranraer are on a minus 11 goal difference. We're on zero. Um, so obviously four goals brought us back onto uh, an even keel. But, but again, if you've not seen the league table as it stands, Peter Heider top, um, nine games played, 19 points. Dumbarton second, 10 games played, um, 17 points. Spartans, 10 games played, 17 points. Stenhouse-Muir, eight games played and 15 points. So again, they win their games in hand um, and they could go top of the league. Bonnie Rig, nine games played, 15 um, Stranraer and East Fife as we've discussed four for nine games played eight points Clyde ten games played six points and Elgin um, eight games played and five points so I, I kind of thought we would start to see a little bit more from Elgin with Barry Smith going in there and I think, thought it would make them a little bit tough to beat but apart from really the first game that he went in they've kind of toiled a little bit um, and Clyde um, which is the next point I was going to make I've sacked their manager last night Doug um, sorry, earlier on today. Um, so I wonder who will go in there. I'm not going to lie, it's the first time of me knowing that Barry Smith's the manager at Elgin, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, no idea, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, uh, that would be a, yeah, a firm pass for me. Um, I just think Clyde are just a pretty poor team. I think they're, it's a, it's a, it'll probably be their biggest and most important managerial appointment for many, many a year. That, let's face, let's put it that way. But um, no, I think the league's, I think the league's shaking up. I think the fact that we're coming in a bit of form, other teams that have started well are starting to sort of even off a wee bit. I think our next league game's away to Peterhead, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, which obviously, I think we're all surprised at how they've started the season. Well, I, I was certainly surprised. I didn't think they'd be quite as good. So that, I mean, that, that's going to be a tough game. If we can take anything from there just to keep this run going, would be great. But it doesn't take much in this league. If you can string three wins in a row, you're going to go from third bottom to third top. It's not, you know, it's not like a, it's that kind of league. I think everyone's, everyone's going to have good stages. Everyone's going to have spells where they're a bit pish, and you just hope that your good spells are longer than your pish ones. That was almost Shakespearean there, Doug. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely beautifully put. Rudyard Kipling, William Shakespeare. Douglas Perry um, for me. Um, I think that, look, Bonnie Rigg have been better than we expected them to be this season. I think we all sort of thought, right, okay, they are going to just play a similar style of football, but haven't. It makes me so happy how shite Clyde are. Like, I can't actually articulate the, the levels of joy it brings me because they're a shit club with shit fans and the sense of entitlement that comes from them is is unparalleled. I'm delighted to see how bad they are. The, the problem with Clyde is, I mean, you guys are maybe a bit young almost for that, but ever since they moved from Glasgow at Shawfield and buggered off and went out, you know, to Cumbernauld or, you know, it's just... It's, was it? Was it was Cumbernauld? It yes. Cumbernauld, there you go. Yeah, good. They're, they're basically, it, it felt to me like the MK Dons of Scottish football. 
<laughs> you know, where, the, where they're just kind of going, you know, screw your loyal fans here in Glasgow. There's too many teams here. We're going to bugger off outside and you'll come out to watch us. Of course you will. And they've not, and they've just steadily been a bit pish, really. So it's been, uh, it's great. No, no, a very self-entitled team and, and would love them to get relegated this year. Yes. The, the irony of their badge being a ship um, isn't lost on me, considering the fact that the biggest sinking ship in Scottish football um, is is Chef's Kiss. You know, like absolutely love to see it, and especially after the, how they handled the whole COVID situation was, how their fans were mugging us off on Twitter after they scraped a win against us in two games where you know we probably should have done better and um, we were capable of better. Nah, absolutely fuck them, and the whole gave a good belly thing as well. Just throw that into the mix. You'll probably get the player manager job. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes in the in the coming weeks. But look, two games in the next seven days for us, Aaron. Um, Dunbar next Saturday, but of course we've got um, another gargantuan game on Tuesday against uh, Bislin Shipyard, a former team of mine, of course. So I do have a, a bit of a, a soft spot for them. Former team, fuck off. What did you do? <laughs> Filled the water bottles, but it still counts. What what age group are we talking about? Under fifteens. You can't call them a former club. I'm not having it. Technically, if we're grammatically speaking, I'm correct. It's not going to be on like a Wikipedia or something, Lee. Come on. I should have one. Let's be honest. Yeah. Probably, just, well, probably, one, probably yeah. just say old wanker yeah. from the office. since nineteen, whatever it was. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, are you going to go along to the game on Tuesday? Me, I won't meet Tuesday. No, I won't. Um, it's not that I don't care about it. No, nah, I don't care about it. I think yeah. it's more about that. that um, I think that's the game where you go and give your guys like your key and Mitchell's everybody minutes. You, you go and give them minutes there. And I think you take the Dunbar one seriously. You don't go there and get a bloody nose of a team who Dunbar fucking shite the Glens beat them earlier this season and the Glens are shite so they're not a good side they are very very poor I know they're second in the league but it's a really poor league they're in so you don't want to be going there and getting anybody knows you go there you do a professional job you take care of them and you rotate for the shipyard game you, you give boys minutes in that shipyard game and you keep your best all in to go and take care of them bar and get through the next round of the Scottish Cup so Doug, your feelings um, on the Tuesday game have been noted, um, £7 to get in, etc, etc. So I'll probably spare you from that. But um, Dunbar, on the other hand, actually looked to be a, a fairly handy side. Um, they won at the weekend, um, I believe. I'm just trying to find... No, they've got Peter Pennycook, who also murdered. Are they murder? What, what yes. homework have you done, Ando? You tell me. Say again? You, what homework have you done? You could tell me. So they had the boys. So here's a random one for you. So there was a guy I was added coaching with, a guy called Kurt Heard, who went there. I can't remember who he went there with, but he was assistant manager. And they toiled when they were there and they lasted about a month and a bit. I think that was in the summer they went there. They lasted about a month and a bit and then they both walked. And Kurt Heard is now somehow head of youth development of VRL. So... Yeah, I, I, I had actually a wee eye on them because I knew Kurt through the coaching. And East of Scotland level is not a good level. So that, that that's where that comes from. It, it's not a high standard. It's really not. We played, did we play the Swifts in pre-season? Is that right? Yeah. Beat them 3-0, comfy. I think they're in that league. Um, you know, I, I actually think they might have beat Dunbar earlier this season. It was a gene field that beat them earlier this season. One of the Swifts beat them earlier this season. So we can't be going there and having any slip-ups. No, I mean, look, they're, they're currently second in the league, 24 points from 12 games, 8-1, 4 lost. I mean, and like you say, they've got teams like Glen Office, Canoe, Hillabeath, Inverkeev and Hill Swiss. Um, so we, we should be going to this game with our full side team and looking to put eight past them. However, this is East Fife Doug in the Scottish Cup against the lower league opposition. Now, I 
I'm thinking Brora, I'm thinking BSC Glasgow, I'm thinking Banks of D. You know, I've I've seen I've seen this horror movie several times. Now, don't get me wrong, those three teams are a cut above what Dunbar should be. But, you know, it's on their ground. They'll look to make it uh, really difficult. But, you know, anything other than leaving there where I went is a disaster. Oh, 100%. I mean, like when we said earlier, where you're talking about switching players over for that game, absolutely not. I think for Dunbar, this will be their biggest game in decades, I'm guessing. I mean, this is maybe making us sound better than we are. But no, you're right. I think you're... BSCs and other bovine diseases are probably better standard than um, Dunbar, but it's a way, you know, as I say, they'll be unbelievably up for it. And the attitude will be, you know, the fact that we've lost to these sort of teams before will probably stand us in good stead in many ways. No, I, I, I would be devastated. I mean, my prediction was a 4 0 win for that. I think we'll. The way we're playing just now, I can see us winning very comfortably. But you've got to go and do a job, and if you don't, this you know the story's on us. It's it would be a massive, massive shock if we lost. So put out, you know, change every player possible for the Burnham Shipyards. I'd expect to see quite a few under twenties playing that. Um, I'd be amazed if any first teamer is real, you know, is near that apart from guys on the bench, and then just yeah, full full squad out for Saturday. Any of you guys going to make it along? Doug, I think you're um, in the desert, are you not? Um, I would normally fly back from Saudi Arabia to go to Burnt Island Shipyard at home. Um, but unfortunately, the, the flights are just a little pricey. Uh, no, I'm going to miss both games. Um, to be fair, if I was sat in my car outside the turnstile on Tuesday night to go and watch Burnt Island Shipyard, I would just sit in the car, put the radio on, relax. That sounds like absolute nonsense. Um <laughs> But but I'm gut, I'm actually very gutted. I'm missing the Dunbar game. Um, I've said to you before, we used to make a big deal of the Scottish Cup when my, my dad was alive and with his cronies and uh, me, and my brother and cousins and all that lot and pals. So it was always a big deal. So my dad's best mate lives in in Dunbar. So this is like the uh, he's having kittens about this draw. So uh, a few of them are going for a bite to eat before the game and going to the game. But sadly, I am in the other kingdom. Very disappointing for you. Aaron, I mean, we joked about it yesterday. Have you managed to convince the wife to let you out to play? Yeah, I've not asked yet. I've not asked. But, um, no, I think I'll pop down. I think I'll go. Um, I'll not be on the train or nothing, though. To Dunbar? Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about Tuesday. No, I'm not talking about Tuesday. No, you're not going on Tuesday. No, I'm not going Tuesday. Leah, you still talking about going on Tuesday? I might. Is that purely in a like a role within the club that you feel like you should go? No, just. Because... I've got a real. I, I'm actually. I really judge fans that go to this game. I'm not gonna lie. Nonsense. Imagine paying money to go and watch Burnt Island Shipyard at home. Come on, people, go and spend time with your other halves. Enjoy. You know. You get. No, that's pass. the exact reason I'm going to the game, so I don't have to. Aye, play <laughs> But just for anyone out there who struggles to get away to go get to go to games because of nagging partners, don't waste your ammo on this one. Save yourself up for a, a bigger and brighter day. I might actually take her down, mate. I couldn't think of anything more romantic than a Baltic October night in uh, Methyl um, watching Doug in the car park. Aye, but Doug's dog in there's a bit of a difference. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be there to. To watch a resounding five win, and let's be honest, seeing these five win games doesn't come very often. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down there. And look, you know, if, if we go down there, we're going to play loads under twenties. I don't get to under twenties games, and I would like to. So, get to go and see a few of the players that are coming through and see what it looks like. Because I am just an impassioned fan, Douglas. That's just the, the level I am. And yeah, can't no, all, no. Can't, fair play, fair play. Can't, can't all just be you know coming back from gallivanting all over the world and picking choosing your games you know so absolutely right so we're going to wrap up the, the show this week with our predictions for the game against Dunbar Doug you've given us yours on 4-0 is that what you're sticking with? Uh, absolutely Aaron to give you your Sunday name 3-0 I'm going for 4-1 and I think Dunbar will score first we'll get raging and batter four past them. That's my 
Like right. the Trinent game. Remember yes. that? Trinent at home. Screamer. Absolute worldy from about yeah. 45 yards. It was ridiculous. And we yeah. were all like, oh no, here we go. Yeah. And then we just went, nah, and battered them. So I think, I think there'll be something. Like I think what's important in these games is to always count how many guys on their team you're like, oh, you shouldn't be a footballer. Because Trinent had two or three, you're like, oh, you're. You're very high on the rotund scale. Uh, it was a couple of proper fatties for Trinette, so hopefully we see a couple of fatties for Dunbar, and it'll be great. Yeah, I mean, you, you think that these guys will, will tire. Um, if if Fash is running at them for you know seventy eighty minutes, they'll get absolutely ragdolled. But let's let's hope um, that that's the case. For those of you that are going on Tuesday, um, you might see me. For those of you going to Dunbar next Saturday, you definitely will. If you're interested in being an extra for Glory Days of Gold, we are going to be needing some bodies in the coming months as Michael continues to be busy. Doug continues to be carrying around the world and Gordon um, is more flaky than a Cadbury's factory. So if we could get a, an, an additional one. what We used to have this guy called War, but I, I don't see him at games anymore. So... Um, we can't rely on him but if you are interested pop us an email go to daysofgold at gmail.com or on any of the social media uh, channels or you can reach out to me directly apart from that thank you very much gents for your contributions for today's episode thanks to everyone for listening thanks to everybody that went into hospitality yesterday great to see how busy the lounge was I think there were 60 in there yesterday taking up the cavalry option and a lot of very positive feedback based on that so keep going these are the sort of things that we need and to, to help fund the, the club, to help fund the squad, to help make us better. So next deal that we get on, go on and do it. But apart from my little pitch there at the end, thanks for listening. Take care. And of course, as always, one to five. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more